Hey there, welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. I'm Benjamin Light. And this is Marco Sparks. And today we're talking about S3E17, out of the frying pan, into the inferno. So excited. As always. This uh, is a wonderful episode. Yes, Free Little Iris is getting intense. Mm-hmm. We open with a sort of musical intro. Spencer's making out with Toby in her bedroom, kind of standing against her bed. It's getting serious. Uh, he takes her top off, and then as like the camera kind of pans back up, suddenly those are black gloves around her neck. And Whoa! This is like some super sexy dark music. He's yeah. like shirtless the whole time already. Well, of course he is. Yeah. Yeah. I believe this is "Until It Hurts" by Francisca Hall. But yeah, the camera kind of lingers as her shirt falls back to the bed, and then she has her head like tilted back, like she's just an ecstasy and then we see that those black gloved hands on her neck kind of go from like a caress to full-on strangling mm-hmm. and this is a in a hoodie standing there choking spencer and about and like like lifting her up by her yeah, throat like, about to lift her up off the ground and then with that spencer wakes up on her bed the music the lyrics are stuff like undress these beautiful lies and you know spooky music yeah, weird, so. like sultry, like hate fuck music. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, then she, Spencer kind of wakes up, coughing. She's lying in bed, fully clothed, she, her shoes still on. She just like kind of passed out from the night before. Mm-hmm. This is, I guess, like sometime in the middle of the night after she went and sobbed at Toby's. So no, I was kind of confused about this. Like, and then like, I it's, when it's a PLL, like you kind of have to like read between the lines what they say. I believe that the anniversary dinner was, you know, like on a Friday or Saturday or whatever, probably a Saturday. And then this is probably like the Sunday night, I'm guessing. And then the bulk of the episode was starting again on Monday morning. I was very confused. I thought this was like the exact same night, but I don't believe it is. Because later, Ario asked Hannah, what did you do last night? And it's like, if it was literally the night before, she would know. Oh, that's right. We almost got murdered by Meredith in my, my basement. <laughs> um but yeah so that's that's where the uh the credits kick in this great intro well as as spencer wakes up coughing she looks over her nightstand and sees the a key there as this kind of reminder of this horrible secret that she's holding on to now mm-hmm. and uh, then we get the credits so then we're in emily's bedroom emily is kind of like locking her window while talking to ari on the phone uh ari is on her couch um saying that Spencer needs to talk to Melissa about this, all this new shit that they're privy to. Yeah, well, Emily, Emily's saying that, because, yeah, they need to find out this whole Byron story uh, about seeing Melissa that night. Um, and I, I like how uh, Emily just basically does some exposition. She's just like, Arya, we need to ask Spencer about this stuff that happened in the last episode that I can explain to you again. <laughs> um, so... Arya is like, yeah, maybe we need to kind of, you know, tread carefully there as far as like Spencer and Melissa go, because you know how Spencer gets. Yeah. Yeah. At home, Arya will be holding office hours from her couch. Mm-hmm. The duration of this episode. Um, Yeah. Emily has to go eventually because there's a knock on her door. It's Pam with a box that came in the mail. Emily from the James family. Yeah, in Chicago. Emily doesn't recognize the name at first, saying she doesn't know a James family. And this is I gotta say, throughout the course of this episode, this is some of the best like acting on the show by Nia Peoples. Because like Pam, 
clearly knows like mm-hmm. who this is from and she's just like oh yeah uh wasn't that the real name of nate saint germain and well it i don't know I, i'm not sure if pam did know right away because as soon as she realizes it she's like uh you know i could take that down to the police station have them open it yeah because uh, apparently pam now works at the police station well she says at one point as she's bringing the box i didn't even know if i was going to bring this to you or whatever so it's like mm-hmm. i think she's she's putting, probably staring at this box for a while like today like knowing exactly what it is um yeah so emily kind of casually drops that pam just started working at the police station yeah she doesn't want the cops asking her mom if her mom was to bring this in like all these questions about like Emily and about Maya, about Nate, about how Emily could ever be so stupid to have trusted Nate, you know. These are all um, reasonable questions. Emily's outfit, by the way, here. Yeah. She's got basically kind of like a jersey top on, but with like a really wide collar. Hmm. And she's doing the kind of like strategic uh, bra strap showing on the one side. Because mm-hmm. like the collar is kind of pulled to one side. It's a good look. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, in the box, Emily's like, fuck it, I'm opening it. It's a bunch of alley shit. It's like birthday cards that Emily sent to her, um, various other stuff. And it's like stuff Maya must have had and then Nate took. Right. And Emily's like, oh, Maya must have wanted to give these back to me. And it's like, maybe? Or maybe Maya was just like a weird creep who like took some of Allie's shit. Also, if you're ever, like, struggling, because the other three girls are very, like, strenuously defined within the group, if you're ever trying to figure out, like, who exactly is Emily within the foursome, Emily is the one who's a fucking glitter fiend. I mean, Jesus. Well, she's a Hufflepuff. There's a lot of glitter going on there. So, Emily ponders why the James family would send her this stuff, and Maya's just like, well, why wouldn't they? Their son was a fucking monster, so they're trying to make up for it or something. It was the least they could do or something. Yeah. yeah. Like, it cost them, you know, postage. Mm-hmm. But then Emily finds what looks like an old biology notebook in the box and starts yeah. flipping through it. Well, and Pam is like, now she's kind of mad that she didn't open this herself because it's clear that Emily is kind of going to be interested and possibly obsessed with this stuff. Yeah, like seriously fixated. So we cut mm-hmm. to Hannah's kitchen. Where Hannah's- they, I mean, Emily's already, like, creeping on this stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. That's an operative word for all these girls or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hannah, in Hannah's kitchen, Hannah's putting like her wrist on like a cold bag of peas or whatever from the freezer. And she's on her laptop. In the dark. Yeah. Chatting with Caleb. Caleb, uh, or Hannah wants to get together, but Caleb is like, he's busy tonight. He's not sure about tomorrow night. Uh, and really, like, Hannah knows to be suspicious. It's like a teenage boy. She's like, hey, we need to do that thing. Mm-hmm. And Caleb's just like, I'm busy. It's like, yeah, what's going on? Well, I mean, also, I'm kind of wondering, who are Caleb's friends? Where is he living? Where is he getting an internet connection from? He's <laughs> not staying at Lucas's. He's not staying at Lucas's. I mean, I, his mom, I guess, was like, no, fine, go live by yourself in Rosewood across the country. Yeah, on the finish, other side of the country. Finish up school there. Uh, we wonder yeah so maybe ashley, he's living with toby oh lol mm-hmm. ashley comes in <laughs> immediately pours herself a glass of wine yeah she asks hannah hannah how she hurt her wrist hannah lies says she slipped in the gym um hannah says you know hey don't worry about it i can type with one hand lol great little just kind of quick look from ashley there like mm-hmm. 
<laughs> As you're chatting with Caleb, I'll bet you can. Yeah. As she looks over the dirty dishes and kind of gives Hannah some shit because she can type with one hand, but she apparently can't, like, you know, wa- wash some pots or anything. Typing is not scraping. Yeah. Another great look by Ashley. Then Ashley gets serious and she asks how, how school is. How is it seeing Mona every day? Uh, Hannah says that she only has two classes of Mona, but Ashley offers to go to Principal Tamborelli about Mona. Um, yeah, and, and Hannah's just like, look, like, lock that shit down. Like, I don't need you, like, uh, talking to the principal. Like, I'm, you know, I'm not just going to avoid Mona. And Ashley's like, well, I just want to protect. And Hannah's just like, why do you think I need protection? Yeah. And Ashley's like, I meant protect your education. Is, is some, there's something else I needed to know about. Like, is it happening again? And yeah. Hannah's just like, no, I don't need anyone protecting me. And Ashley's like, is this about Caleb? Is Caleb entangling with Mona? Tangling. And Hannah's like, tangling? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> yeah, Hannah's got... She's got enough, uh, you know, Cape Crusader. One of Cape Crusaders enough. And Ashley's like, who's wearing the cape? Which she means Caleb. But what I really read that res for a moment was uh, who's wearing the cape in this relationship. LOL. Mm-hmm. Um, Ashley, you know, she, Hannah mentions that Caleb doesn't trust Mona. thinks she should be watched. Ashley still wants to call the principal. But Hannah says that she can handle it. And Ashley should just leave it alone. Um, yeah, she's like, I'll handle Caleb and Mona. And just, you know, chill yeah, out. Yeah, but Hannah is, you know... She's trying to reclaim her independence and, like, have people stop doing things for her. Mm-hmm. But she's also, like, doing everything she can to seem suspicious and in need of help in front of her mother here. I don't think she seems that suspicious. I think her mom realizes, like, the shit she's getting into, basically. Mm, maybe. I mean, it's it's definitely cause for concern in the eyes mm-hmm. of a parent, I think. Um. So then we... Cut to a fireplace where Arya is sitting by that fireplace with a book. She's well, listening to Byron on a phone. On the phone, yeah, listening to Byron talk, and Byron says, "Like I said, I just hope she makes a full recovery, and I know that my daughter feels the same way." Thank you. As Arya, close up on Arya's face, just kind of like it's not quite a sneer, but it's, it's like a slight questioning look, like, "Oh, yeah, that's how I feel." Mm. Yeah, there's some very subtle facial work by lucy hale in this mm-hmm. scene um byron has as she's talking, pretending to read a book the whole time yeah. yeah byron has been talking to meredith's father and he says i just got the phone of meredith's father and Arya's like well that must have been weird which seriously <laughs> um well the way she says it it's just like throwing it in his face you know yeah we got L-O-L. from their phone call that you know so the last we heard meredith was on the run from the cops we <laughs> find out from this phone call that meredith has been found and she's back home with her parents turns out meredith has a long history of dot 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 issues yeah must have stopped taking her meds so i mean really meredith's dad and byron what do you think roughly the same age mm-hmm. well i think that's why Arya was like that must have been an awkward conversation yeah yeah well, imagine Meredith's poor dad. First, his daughter's crazy. Then she's shacking up of her professor, causing him to basically leave his family for her. Then she goes even crazier. Uh, yeah, so Byron and Arya, they don't want to see Meredith punished, just treated. But Arya's like, that's fine, as long as she's treated like another state, like Alaska. <laughs> yeah, and Byron, he tries to get all, like, kind of alpha here about, like, protecting his family and, like, Meredith never should have been here in the first place. And, and he's saying this kind of trying to be contrite. And Arya just like stares at him. Like yeah, he silent. doesn't say anything. Just kind of just like coldly 
appraises him. She, yeah, she's silently studying him, and I took that to be she judged him to be lacking. Mm-hmm. And then he stares into the fire, and he starts cranking up the flashback machine to tell her a story about way back when, when the Montgomery family moved into this creepy old house. So poor they couldn't afford a furnace, so they had to bundle up Arya in all these sweaters, and then they couldn't use the fireplace because if they turned their back, Arya just might fall in and burn. Yeah, in, in the winter. In the winter, Arya, the mm-hmm. little the little big ball of yarn, and Arya kind of half laughs at this, which I'm surprised because usually Arya doesn't like to be referred to as anything but an adult. Yeah. Even when you're talking about her as a kid, That's she true. still wants to be referred to as an adult. But um, I think it bounces out because at least he's talking about her. Right. So, yeah, he was afraid that if he turned his back, Arya would get burned. And I just want Arya to be like, no, don't worry. I do the burning now. Yeah. And Byron's like, you know, I knew my one job on this earth was to protect you and haven't done a good job of that, have I? And Arya just continues to stare at him and not reply. Yeah. Yeah, she's basically trying to decide, like, which human emotions to allow this Mm -hmm. unsophisticated mortal to witness on her facade. So the next day, we're on Main Street, Rosewood, where Arya, Hannah, and Spencer are walking down the street together. And Hannah says, like, Oh, still recovering? And Spencer is complete lost in the days. And she's like, huh? And uh, Hannah's like, you know, from the anniversary dinner. And Spencer's like, uh, yeah, yeah. Spencer looks <laughs> pretty let's, haggard. Let's talk outfits. Okay. Uh, Arya has a kind of a royal blue dress on. It's kind of like gauzy, like mm-hmm. lacy. Yeah. Uh, kind of tight black jacket, fitted jacket. Leather jacket. Leather jacket, big, hideous, like yellow purse. Mm-hmm. That that is a, like a crazy old lady, like bright yellow purse. You could put Hannah in that bag. You could put Hannah and the whole rest of Arya's id in that bag. Yeah, a big crazy silver necklace, a big crazy hoop pearl earrings. Yeah, uh, and then like like ankle high black boots with heels. The the weird shapes on that metal necklace. It's like. Like set direction from like Logan's Run or like the '60s Star Trek show or something. It's yeah, it's like it's like another like piece of armor to to protect your neck from swords. But yeah, it's like big plated metal. Like it fell off a truck designed for the uh, like Game of Thrones set or something. Yeah. Um, then there's Hannah's outfit, which is tight black pants, uh, a tight T-shirt that has an Eiffel Tower on it with a bow. And says, like a bow tie. Yeah. yeah, from from Paris with love, and then this kind of snakeskin e like uh, I described it as blazer. a I described it as like a magician's blazer. Yeah, but it's like the whole thing kind of looks like a like an avant garde tuxedo in a way. It's, it's bizarre. A, it's a look that Hannah pulls off. She looks adorable in it, and I kept thinking about this juxtaposed against that monstrosity that Paige wore in the Halloween special. Yeah. Oh, well, that's a big difference, but well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, but Spencer, I don't really have notes on her outfit. Just that she looks pretty haggard, not quite herself. Minimal well, her, her makeup. clothes are casual, but yeah, her hair's doesn't really look uh, like it's been did at all. And no. yeah, she looks haggard. <laughs> so they ask if Toby was surprised, and Spencer says it was a really big surprise. She's like, uh huh, it was a really big surprise. And like she she looks devastated and like they they don't really notice this but like also like almost like embarrassed by the whole situation you know yeah so like this whole scene spencer is just kind of like not really participating in the conversation and kind of like staring off to the side and like 
looking like her brain's a thousand miles away. Yeah, like it's it's fast. I mean, like the whole time she's looking forward, like she's doing the equations in her head for some kind of like dark science alchemy, or you know, like uh, yeah, she's not she's not concerned with like the the wants and needs of her fellow quote unquote peers. Yeah. Um, Arya yeah, so- asks about Hannah's night, and you know, like, she, were you with Caleb? And Hannah's just like. No, he's being really weird. Every time I make plans with him, he says he's busy, but he won't tell me what he's doing. And we c- kind of cut to Spencer as she's saying this. And Spencer just, you know, the 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 gears are turning in her head. It's, obviously, she can't trust anything now, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like you can just see her t- starting to suspect Kayla, but then almost not caring enough to bring it up. Right. So Ari says, well, why don't you just ask him? Be honest. <laughs> And Hannah says, wow, that's like the world's fattest man giving dieting tips. Arya has this kind of bemused smirk on her face for a moment. Mm-hmm. I always want her to put that finger up and be like, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, Hannah reminds Arya that she's still keeping the secret of Ezra's son from him. Well, and Hannah says... You should she... mention that Hannah talks about how her secret is like... Uh, what is the exact phrase here? It's not uh, sitting on top of the Natterhorn. That's right, yeah. Yeah, Natterhorn with an N, so she says it wrong, yeah. Yeah. Um, Arya says that she wakes up every morning with the intention to tell Ezra and goes to bed each night feeling guilty for not telling him. To which Hannah says, well, at least you have your afternoons free. And Hannah, Arya actually kind of smiles at that. Like, you know, good one, Hannah. Good. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. And uh, then Arya's like, you know, swearing to finally tell this guy. Today. And by the way, it's Matterhorn. Muh. And she kind of like, Poke Spencer and she's like, Aren't you supposed to be the one correcting her? And Spencer's like, What? And Arya finally notices there's something up with Spencer and she's like, What's wrong? And Spencer's like, Uh, nothing. I, you know, didn't really, we didn't really get much of an anniversary. Toby had to get up early the next day. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, that sucks. And Spencer's like, Yeah, it does. Which is so funny to me is like, they just realized, I don't know how long this walk was, but they mm. just realized that something's wrong with Spencer. Like, there's a huge black cloud. But, the, but they're not really noticing, you know. Because they're, they're, they have their own. Yeah. I mean, Arya, <laughs> Arya's, pro- they're lucky that Arya realizes there's two people standing next to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've gone to the brew, but Spencer's going to skip the brew today because she's not feeling up to it. She's a lot of reading to catch up for English, so she leaves. And immediately Emily appears. Well, Emily has apparently got, we found out in the previous scene, apparently she's gotten off like an early shift at work. So apparently she's doing that now. Where do these girls find the time in the morning? Yeah, how do you get up early, go to your early shift of the brew, go to school, go to swim practice, and then, you know, do crazy liar A shit at night? Mm-hmm. Whatever. They lead, lead amazing, busy lies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Hannah and Ari want to see some of the stuff they got from, from Nate's family, but, you know... Arya doesn't want to see it if it's like cards and shit that she wrote to Allison. Mm-hmm. Um, so they sit. But Emily's like, yeah, she's like, no, it's fine. Here, go through the shit. Yeah. Um, so they bring it, up the key that that A had dropped as uh, uh, Hannah had found as Emily's pulling the stuff out, and Emily suggests they go into the cops. And Arya says, "I think the mold from my basement killed some of your brain cells." <laughs> Guys, we were not prepared to tell the cops about A. Which, and it's basically like Arya has spoken. <laughs> but wasn't Arya the one at the start of the season who was a big proponent of going to the cops? I think as I watch this episode and recall past episodes, I think the way it works is that Arya will basically take the opposite position of the other liars. Like, okay, when she wants she wants to go to the cops when like Spencer doesn't, mm-hmm. and then when Spencer does, she doesn't want to go to the cops. It's yeah. like she's doing it on purpose. Yeah. So Hannah. 
starts flipping through that biology notebook and she says that she never cared for biology because who cares how a cell divides? It just does. Mm -hmm. And she sees there's all these notes from Allie in this bio booklet, uh, notes back and forth, like two people writing back to each other in it. Mm -hmm. And the notes are, they're talking about this, uh, beach hottie fellow, like somebody, somebody named beach hottie who the, the notes are talking about. And they, they look at it and it's like, okay, well, these notes aren't Emily's writing. So who who is well, the other person in this conversation? And Emily can vouch this is not Spencer's handwriting. Of course she can. Yes, Emily of course recognizes Spencer's writing since they're the same person. They yeah they read the notes. One person says you need to tell Beach Hottie tonight, and Allison presumably replies with no way who freak out. These notes are like I did this back in high school where you have a notebook and you're just handing it to somebody in class like while teachers talking or yeah like passing it back and forth and you just write it back and forth and it looks you know inconspicuous um so you know they're like <laughs> Ari's like i wonder what they're talking about hannah's like i want to know who they're talking about well there's this weird thing where they're trying to figure out who the other writer is and one of them says look at the g and then hannah's just like forget the g look at the t and i always wonder is that some sort of weird code yeah Maybe, but I, I like the idea that, you know, for when they balance out the like, virtues and flaws of these girls, like what mm -hmm. they bring to the table, like Hannah knows her fucking graphology. Hannah is an expert on that subject. Yes. Yeah. She's a, a fine forger. And then they uh, see that Allison was writing about Toby, which, hmm. Well, because Emily recognizes the handwriting. She just like can't place it. Right. Uh, but yeah, there's someone in here we know, they say. And then Ari is like, why is Allison writing about Toby? Yeah. Hmm. So we cut to school in the quad area. Or Arya's on the phone. She's like leaning against a brick pillar, talking to Ezra's voicemail. She leaves a message that she has a free period after lunch. She wants to stop by so they can talk. She's finally going to have that talk. And Hannah, it's interesting framing how Hannah's like blurry in the background watching this. Mm. And then kind of like walks forward and Arya's done. It's and like she's, she's not like, allowed to exist yet. Yeah. And she's like, why don't you just go tell him now? Like, just just do it, you know? <laughs> so Arya literally pats Hannah on the shoulder. And then leaves. I mean, like, I love this. Like, Arya's just like, fuck you, school. Arya out. Yeah. And then Hannah kind of walks by the next brick column. And there's Paige, like, leaving her own weird phone conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, and so Hannah kind of, like, creeps on this as well. As Paige is saying, I just don't know what else it's going to take. He stuck a wet brain in her locker. She still showed up the next day with a smile on her face. Fine. I'll figure it out. Caleb, I said I'll do it. And Hannah's eyes get huge. Like, what the fuck? You know, mm -hmm. you're talking to Caleb. Uh, so I think we, we can now confirm that Caleb was the one who stuck the brain in Mona's locker. Which is funny because he literally said to Hannah, oh, did you hear about that? I wish I could have seen it. Mm -hmm. Which this whole gesture of the, the brain in Mona's locker seems beneath Caleb. But also, like, it makes me kind of sad that Caleb didn't even stick around to, like, watch his handiwork. You are like a Caleb fanboy, though. Am I? I think so. Hmm. Well then, you know. Caleb Caleb is always trying to step out of the box he's in as a liar significant other and he always fucks it up whenever he does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh this Caleb bro here is uh is heartbroken that Caleb's like ineptitude in this arena. First of all, I feel like Caleb would have been a lot better teaming up with Toby than like no, Paige? But Caleb Page. Come on. Caleb gets immature when it comes to Mona. He doesn't really know how to handle her. What would you call that? Would it be Kobe or like Caleb? I don't know what that is. What are you even talking about? When you team up Caleb and Toby. I don't know. I don't anyway, know. cut to the girl's bathroom. Emily comes in and she finds Spencer. Uh, she mentioned that she's been looking for Spencer. She texted her. And Spencer just seems really out of it. Like she can't even focus. 
Yeah, and Emily's like checking under the stalls to make sure they're alone. Like Emily's on point here. Yeah. And Spencer's yeah. just kind of, you know, a million miles away. And Emily kind of like recaps the whole conversation about Allie and the notebook and the friend. And none of them recognize the handwriting. So she shows the, the notebook to Spencer and Spencer's just like, sorry, I need to, you know, don't recognize it. I need to get to class. Emily's and utterly shocked. For the first of several times in the scene, she stops her from leaving. Yeah. She's like, you don't get it. Allie wasn't sharing makeup tips. You're talking about a guy Allie was secretly involved with. Called him the beach hottie. Was he in a lifeguard? And Spencer's like, I I don't know. But Melissa might. Like, I gotta go. She she says this as if Emily's now gonna go rush off and like ask like fucking Melissa. Well, it's she's trying with the limited amount of attention she could possibly give this conversation to be helpful in any way at all. Yeah. You know, and she's like, well, maybe Melissa knows I, I really got to go. And Emily's just like, nope, still not leaving. And she's like, Allie was scared of this guy, scared to tell him something. And, and Spencer's like, well, good luck figuring that out. Yeah, good luck figuring that out. And Emily's like, what? And Spencer says, maybe she was just scared to tell him that she was slutting it up in three different zip codes in one summer. Gonna take it there, huh, Spence? Gonna take it there. <laughs> and Emily's like, what are you saying? And Spencer, I, I love this little mini monologue. She says, I'm saying that Allie wasn't loyal to any of us. So why do we continue to be loyal to her? Why does she care what happens? Or why should we care what happens to her? And then dot, 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 what happened to her? <laughs> Interesting little possible Freudian slip there. I don't know. Happens you know to her. Happens to her. And your theory has always been that Spencer's the one who killed Allison? Mm-hmm. So Emily's like, well, we do care. And Spencer's like, then it's time we stopped doing that. Um, yeah, and Emily we should care. Yeah, Emily should clearly realize that there is something much more happening than Spencer Well, because Spencer, she, she says in a really, like, small voice that I think we need to stop. We need to learn how to stop, you know? Yeah. Like, there's something wrong. But Emily's just like, nope, you're still not leaving. Like, shoves the notes and notebook in her face, and she's like, Ooh. read this. Well, right now, Spencer is, like, staring over this great chasm of darkness and madness. And mm-hmm. it's like she's pondering whether or not to jump in or to, like, push others in before <laughs> she jumps in. Um. Yeah, so she makes it. Spencer read this passage, and we skew off to a Toby flashback when Allison visited Toby after he was shipped off the Juvie. Oh, man. This scene, can we just say real quick, this episode has a handful of, like, scenes for the ages. And this is one of them. This is, I mean, I, like, if you're not I, sitting down, sit the fuck down. This is amazing. I don't know what else to say other than that we pan to Toby wearing a do-rag. Toby in a do-rag. Well, he's he's got, okay, so. He has, like, a buttoned up shirt on that's unbuttoned unbuttoned so showing off the abs Gray and like sweats. like sweatpants and boxers kind of like no, hanging like, low like tidy whities like you can see the tidy whities oh, are they tidies? The brim. Okay. i mean this is it's half like, like first of all he looks like the the lamest whitest gangster ever mm-hmm. but like cross a little marky mark um i wrote down in my notes that notorious t-o-b-y <laughs> you almost wanted him to have the the do-rag like untied like yeah. hanging down, like he's like Bodie on the wire or something. Kobezi um, here. Yeah, uh, and Allie is there. She's dumped an envelope full of little A messages onto his bed in juvie, and she's like, "You need to stop sending me this shit." Like, and but he's just like, "I didn't write these," you know, kind of throws them in her face. Yeah, he's hard. He's so hard. Allie says, "Listen, I drove all the way up here and just got a triple X pat down by security. The least he can do is save me the trouble of being lied to." Yeah, which. That's. I feel like that's an interesting detail that Allie mentions that. Like, she's she's aware of like the constant sexualization of herself. You know. So let me let me throw the lines at you, and you you give the juicy ones back. Why mm. are you so convinced it's me? 
I'm sure Jenna would love to see your head on a stick. Jenna would be pretty happy to see anything, I imagine. Your stepsis was going through surgery when some of these were sent. You want to know how it turned out? She's still combing her hair with an electric toothbrush. Allison is straight killing it with the Burn! Oh, man, electric toothbrush. That's so mean. It's like white rapper Toby brought a knife to, like, Allison's gunfight rap battle here. (laughs) At least just like, ableism, I'd do that too. He tells her that she can go now. And he actually gives her, like, the bro shoulder check as he passes. Yeah. <laughs> which is real tough, since he's, like, two feet taller than her. Um, and she says, you know, I wasn't the only one outside the garage. Why aren't you harassing my friends? And he's like, you know what? I wish I knew who wrote those notes. I'd offer my services. You and your posse deserve a lot worse. And then Allie says something very interesting here. She says, I'll bet you wish you'd kiss me when you had the chance. And Toby, he does this thing where he kind of, like, holds his hand up and like waves it like like as a guard or something you know well it's like it's like that but it's also he's like gesturing to like the guard off screen we hear like the buzzing sound yeah i love that like that sound has so entered our imagination that you just have to hear that buzzing sound like when someone's being buzzed into something and you know what it is but Um, yeah like was there a guard listening on this the whole time or it's just like what toothbrush like toby (laughs) combing her hair with a toothbrush your teenage visitors are fucking intense. But yeah, Toby has to leave because he's got like the weirdest boner right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so end flashback. We're back in the girl's bathroom. Spencer's finished reading this passage. And it's like she looks like she's 10 years older now. Like, yeah. Like, like it somehow infected her with like in- decrepitude or something having read this. Um, and Emily's just like, oh, hey, buddy. That didn't hurt your feelings, did it? I'm so sorry. Maybe it wasn't true. And so Spencer comes clean that she hasn't told the others the truth. Well, Spencer, always... she, she's breaking down, you know, and she finally turns around to face Emily. And Emily's like, oh, wow, you're crying, you know. Whoops, my bad. Yeah, it, Spencer just looks super distressed. And yeah, hasn't told them the truth. Uh, they broke Her and Toby broke up the other night. Emily, of course, wants the details. Spencer's not ready to talk about it. So she asks Emily to keep quiet about it. They hug it out. So... We cut to a classroom discussion. Spencer, at first, I thought she was sitting off by herself. She's actually in a study group of her own, but she's as far away from the other chumps in that group as she can be. Mm -hmm. She's sitting there as the nearest group to her is discussing um, the story. They're discussing the crucible. Oh, is that what it is? The crucible? Some I was trying super, to figure that out. Some it says on the board. Some okay. super preppy nerd is going off with, "Well, it's not that simple." She became part of a group. They influenced her. Mm-hmm. And someone says something about, you know, he says that that he thinks she just started to believe her own lies. And like Spencer looks feral. <laughs> yeah. Like throughout this episode, she gets into a darker and darker place. Well, and especially you know we, we didn't really analyze that last scene, but um. To, to read about, like, here's, here's Toby, number one, like, there's some sort of weird Toby Alley thing. Mm-hmm. Like, she wanted to kiss him. Like, mm-hmm. that's just like a, a regular old knife in the gut. But yeah. then this, like, to, to hear about Toby kind of like threatening Alley and Alley's friends and saying that they deserve it. Mm-hmm. And now Spencer's got to be wondering, like, the whole time, have I just been a complete sap and yeah. being played by this guy the entire time? And I lost my virginity to him, you know? Somebody saw Goody Proctor at the devil. Yeah, they're they're also giving her in this scene essentially the same makeup that Anakin Skywalker got during the duel with Obi-Wan <laughs> and Revenge of the Sith. 
I mean, like, if Ewan McGregor was, like, if Ella was played by Ewan McGregor, that would make the scene perfect. Um, well, it's interesting because this scene, like, the teacher is some old guy. But it then, looks like he has no idea what he's doing there. I, I don't know what this guy, like, was he just watching the class for Ella? Because then Ella walks in. But she's, like, wanting to confer over, like, like some grades or something. Like, she's, mm-hmm. Ella, I mean, like, like Holly Marie Combs comes in and does some acting. And this extra is just like, how did I get here? Mm-hmm. And then so, just as Ella walks in, Spencer gets a text from Arya. Yes. And the text says, Ezra Freet, he broke up with me. Can you meet me in the park? Also, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is wonderful. By the way, Spencer's getting some great 3G reception here, but she's getting a bit close to where she might need to charge her phone. Oh, no, her phone's fine. Eh. The white the white is charged. She's fine. There's the very little silver black. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, she packs up the bag and she starts to charge out. Ella sees this and asks if she's alright. Spencer does not answer her immediately. So Ella almost like grabs her arm and Spencer's mm-hmm. just like, I need to go! And Ella's like, you can't just storm out of a classroom without a legitimate excuse. And Spencer's like, I don't want to be here anymore. Is that legitimate enough? I don't need to sit in a room and read books about made up people who've been screwed over, okay? I get it. It's not going to prepare me for what I had to deal with when I walk out of this building. It is a complete waste of my time. Um, and she just, like, she's out. And all the kids are just watching this, like, holy shit, Hastings finally lost it, you know? Well, yeah, if you, if for the viewer who has time, go back and freeze frame when you get the reaction shot from, like, the nine kids in this, like, class. Yeah. Like, there are some fascinating different reactions. Like, the one girl on the right, she's just like, oh, shit, this bitch has gone crazy. And also, one dude, showing like, looks, an awful lot of cleavage. Yeah, one dude, yeah, she looks, like, fun. The one dude looks, like, really stunned. Like, like oh the guy God. the guy with, like, the shark's shirt on? No, he's, well, yeah, he just looks stunned because he was really making some points about, yeah. you know, Goody Proctor. Oh, you're talking about the other guy? Yeah, the other guy's just, like, like he he's seen some shit now. Yeah, like, like he's just, like, maybe also not getting oxygen. Um, But, mm-hmm. yeah, so, uh, made-up stories about people getting screwed over? So meta. Mm-hmm. So meta. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so, but she, when she yells out, this is a complete waste of time. I, God, I love Trying Bell Sorry's acting in this whole episode. There's a moment where she kind of looks back at the others in the class. And I didn't know if this was like a, uh, like, who's coming with me? Call to revolution. Or if it's more or of like a, like, a fuck uh, you. I am better than all of you. Also, I am the Dark Phoenix kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, Ella is just like, whoa, Spencer's fucking intense and terrifying. Yeah, she's so intense that Ella, as the authority figure, just like stares after her rather than stop her all right now this is another one of those scenes coming up where god damn <laughs> we can only say in this podcast so many times how awesome troy and Belsario is in this episode but she crushes it in so many different ways this next scene is one of them the dark spencer saga is really where they're just going through like the they're, they're crossing the t's dot on the eyes to like hand her an emmy that she should have gone um the scene starts off when i thought was like all the trappings of like a lovely bit of americana like Beautiful day in the park. The all-American heroine rides up on her bike. There's like a whisk- wicker basket on the front of it. But no, no, no. Well, she she Spencer practically is one of the jumps off of the that apocalypse. bike. Yeah. Like she leaps off that bike as she spots uh, at Mr. Ezra Fitz at a park table uh, on his laptop there. And she just she walks right over to him like bike is probably still rolling in the background. You know? If you want to compare it to film criticism. Ezra is like that little girl from the first Frankenstein movie. Like, he has to <laughs> die now so you know the true monster has stepped onto the stage. When Spencer strolls up, she's like, when she's going to be angry very soon. But at the moment, she has this 
like crazy smile on her face. And uh, do you want to? Did you get the dialogue I sent you there? Do you want me to be Ezra or Spencer? Oh, your choice. Um, you know what? I'll take Ezra. Oh, fine. Make <laughs> me do the heavy lifting. Yep. Uh, so Spencer says, "Hey, you enjoying a nice day in the park?" Oh, Spencer, I didn't see you. Uh, been writing down all your thoughts and feelings. Well, um, actually, I was working on. How could you do that to her? Uh, I'm sorry, I. Uh... You're doing a terrible Ezra. I just gotta say. He's so dorky. He's no, so no, dorky. his the way he's he's like Spencer. I didn't uh see you. He you starts know? off like super derpy though. Like I think he would have really talked to her about where he was in his novel or whatever. Anyway. Yeah, so he's like, I- I'm sorry. And Spencer says, no, don't apologize to me. My God, not after the way you treated her. Do you even get how much she loves you? Do you think that it's easy to find out a secret like that? Because it's not, okay? It's a burden. I mean, you're screwed if you tell and you're screwed if you don't. And if you really want to get pissed and take it out on somebody, don't dump it on Arya, okay? No, go after Maggie because she's the person who had, who, who, or she's actually the person who had your son and then kept it a secret for seven years. What are you talking about? I thought, um, I thought that Arya had told you, um, did you not have this conversation? What conversation? What are you, what are you talking about? I have to go. (laughs) (laughs) And Spencer just runs back to her bike. As Ezra is just sitting there in a pool of what the fuckery. Uh, but when she realizes, like, that she's just stepped into this, like, oh shit moment. She. Well, I love the way Ezra starts out. Ezra kind of starts out with this just like, oh, Spencer's being weird. And then, like, as she progresses, he's just like, what the fuck is going on? Well, yeah, well, first of all, he's left there with this, like, what does this mean? Do I have a son now? But there's also, like, this touch of Ian Harding thinking to himself, how the fuck am I going to top, like, Troy and Belisario in this scene or any other scene? Like, the work that she's doing opposite him is just brilliant. I mean, the show went from, like, 10 to, like, amazing in this scene. Mm-hmm. Also, how badly did you want Spencer to grab Ezra's laptop, smash it down, and say, "You better lawyer up, asshole"? That would have made it seem perfect. Yeah. I'm coming back for all of it. Uh, and she's so like, "You know something, Ezra? You make me feel tough." <laughs> That's why she likes standing next to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, cut to the police station, the vending machine area. Pam is getting herself a nice, fresh, hot I mean, cup what of coffee. Is- Pam, like an admin or something? I mean, she's not a cop. I I have a feeling that she's probably just, like, doing, like, data entry. I, get, I mean, you can't just, like, walk in and be a cop. You have to go to, like, an academy for I that. I mean, maybe she's, like, the office manager? Something. I don't know. Yeah, so uh, Officer Barry. Yeah, she drops her napkin. Officer Barry, because he's a stand-up dude. He Hello picks there, up. Officer Barry, who towers over Pam by a good, like, two feet. And then some, yeah. Mm-hmm. This guy looks... So sweet and cuddly. Well, and he he briefly, Officer Barry, you know, is like, oh, how's your family? You know, how's Emily? And then we kind of cut to the side angle as she's talking about Emily. And, you know, she got that package today and she wasn't sure what to do with it. And, like, Wilden's, like, in the background. And he kind of, like, perks up, mm-hmm. looks over, and, like, immediately butts into the conversation. He's like, oh, you know, he could uh, have us contact the family, tell him, you know, to stop doing that. Well, in Pam's face, I didn't pick up on this the first airing, but Pam's face is just kind of like, oh, this guy. Yeah. You will know, apologizes for interrupting. She's definitely, like, she, you can tell, like, she likes Officer Barry. She tolerates Wilden, you know. She does not like Wilden. And Officer Barry is just like, oh, well, no thanks. This is, like, really more his area, not mine. And Pam kind of 
she kind of smiles at Officer Barry, but, but you can tell she's just like, fuck. You can tell Barry's just like, I'm, I'm out of here. I don't want anything to do with this fucker. You know? I'm surprised you didn't pitch your Officer Barry spinoff. Officer Barry as the only good cop in Rosewood? Would it be called, like, Everybody Lies? It can, sure. Um, so, Willen comes over. He mentions that, you know, all the incoming mail from, like, the James family or incoming correspondence can be sent to the police instead. And Pam's just, like, very dismissive, like, yeah, thanks, I'll think about that. And Wilden literally pats Barry on the shoulder and leaves. Yeah. So what do what do the other what do his coworkers think of Detective Wilden? I wonder. I mean, I guess Wilden, he's like the lead detective, so there probably aren't that many people above him, like rank wise. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he outranks uh, Officer Barry there. Well, there's probably that... probably just like the chief is above him, and like maybe like that one other old detective. There's that one detective from like season one who replaced him who looked like Officer, like, looked like Robert Stack, but I don't know. Yeah. So we cut to the school in the quad area. Emily's just like flipping through that notebook, reading it back and forth. Um, she finds a picture in the back, and the picture is Cece Drake and Allison back at Cape May. Well, you know it's Cape May because there's a big like life preserver, like one of those little circular, mm-hmm. you know, uh, lifesaver things that if says Cape overboard. May on it. Cape the, May and NJ, yeah. Yeah. Those things are everywhere in Cape May, apparently. You could have literally taken this picture at a backdrop in a Sears, and it just yeah. has that life preserver. By the way, Cape May. did you happen to freeze frame any of the, the pages where it shows the notebook and like what they've written in it? Oh, I wish. What did it say? Uh, it's like there's this weird joking about Allie's dad and how like he's like stuck in the glory days of the 60s, like keeps listening. <laughs> Keeps listening to his 60s music. Um, Don't take away my hope. Yeah. Brief mention of Toby. And like, I think it's uh, the person who's asking uh, Allie the, the questions is asking, you know, what was Juvie like? You know, is it, is it like that show Oz? Or were there any bad boy cuties? And Allie's just like, as if, you know. I was just going to say, when I, one time I actually looked at it, I could have swore I saw the words as if. Yeah, and I was like, "That's perfect." Yeah, and uh, we kind of get like the the textual version of that Toby encounter, and Allie mentions here as well. The security guard felt her felt her up and like grabbed her ass for a second and all that. Hmm. Hmm. And the the best part is uh, when the, this person asks uh, about Jason and hmm. will Jason like her new nails. And Allie responds, honey, unless you have weed between your nails, I don't think Jason will notice. <laughs> and this person says, ew, gross. And Allie says, what? I'm just kidding. Allison's awesome. Allison's wonderful. Yeah. So in the school cafeteria, um, Aria comes marching over for a tray of food. And I know I think I said this like a few episodes ago in the podcast. Like this is probably the first time that girls have eaten the cafeteria again in a while. Um, Arya sits down with Hannah, like across from Hannah, and she recounts that, you know, her mother said that Spencer bailed on her study group, and then Emily comes over, and well, it's interesting well, it's because... Like, yeah, I heard uh, Spencer, like, totally, like, ran out of class on my mom. Oh, well, you know, like, yeah. that can't be that important. Emily, Emily and Hannah are sitting on one side of the table, and Arya's on the other, and Emily kind of looks up and is just like, uh... <laughs> uh. And Arya's like, what? And then she turns around. And out there, outside in, like, the quad area, Ezra's just, like, he's doing that thing where he stands there, like, arms to his side, like, he's in shock. And, and he sees Arya and starts walking towards her. Well, again, it's like he's inactive until mm-hmm. Arya, his puppet master, sees him and activates him. 
Yeah. But like once he sees her, he starts like rushing over and she gets up and she's just like, Oh, hey, what are you doing here? Hey buddy, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah, and he's just he's 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 a little angry, you know. And he's just like, We need to talk. And she's like and he's like, Why was Spencer talking about Maggie? And Hannah and Emily just do this little like exchange of glances, just like, Oh shit. Well that and a little bit like they're looking at each other like, Thank God we're not real. Yeah, really. We're just going to sit back here and not participate Again, in this Ezra, super awkward conversation. Like, Ezra's come straight from the park to here. He is dressed like a total fucking hipster. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, again, former teacher at this high school. Come to see his high school girlfriend. Getting a, little, getting a little tiff with her in the cafeteria. Yeah, in front of, like, a hundred students. Yeah, and Ezra's just like, she said that I have a son. Why would she say that? And Arya's basically just like, you need to shut the fuck up. We're not having this t- conversation here. And Lucy so they, Hale conveys the fact that Arya's face, Arya's face looks like it just took a shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they, they take it outside. Ezra's pissed. She's been holding on to this since his birthday. And he's like, you and my brother just sat there watching me blow out candles and couldn't find a way to tell me this. Mm-hmm. And Arya basically says she was scared, scared of what it might do to them. And I almost feel like this is Arya's narcissism is hurting her here because if she was able to think about somebody other than herself, She'd be like, Maggie, like, made me swear not to, and, like, Malcolm was kind of, like, the collateral, you know? Like, I would, I would be screwing your son over if I told you, potentially, because of, the, like, your mom and, like, any weird arrangement she may have made, so. Yeah. What really was, what, what she's saying is that I have not yet properly found the way to manipulate the situation to the betterment of Arya. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you know, Ar- Ezra kind of throws it back on her face that Maggie hasn't been a part of his life since high school. Which, oh yeah, because Arya is just like I thought Maggie was going to tell you, but then she didn't. <laughs> which, by the way, Ezra is not in high school because he's a grown ass man. Mm-hmm. Um, as he says this to his girlfriend, who's in high school. Yeah, I see you every day, Arya. You, you're the person I'm spending my life with. You're the person I'm supposed to trust. Spending his life with? Yeah. Really, bro? Like yeah. forever, forever? And Arya just kind of nods and she's like, "You're right," you know, and he just walks off. And there's this, there's this crazy shot where Ezra's walked away and Arya's standing there and it looks like she's about to cry. And then she fucking rolls her eyes. Yeah. (laughs) I like slow-mo this and went back and forth. I'm like, did that just happen? Yes, it did. She, she just kind of rolls her eyes and like tilts her head like, ah, geez, you know? And then she gets a text. And of course, of course it's from A. Mm -hmm. A says, thought you need a little push. So I pushed send for you. A. Arya wants to, like, scream at the sky, Motherfucker! Like, Kirk screams out, Khan. Arya like, is so... She's so totally A. I mean, what was the other big secret Arya had that she knew she needed to tell someone she didn't want to? She always has A do the telling for her. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Or A just comes in and punishes, like, no Khan for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, you, the moment you talked about, though, is wonderful. Like, we talk about how great Troy and Belisario's acting is, because it's amazing, but, like... Gifts can't properly like capture the work that Lucy Hale's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it cuts to the police station where Pam. I mean, is... it can't be easy to go from like about to cry to rolling your eyes, you know. Or unless it's incredibly easy. Yeah. <laughs> At the police station, Pam is like chilling at her desk doing whatever the hell it is she does there. Detective Willen comes up to like get some files off her desk, and his small talk consists of the only thing worse than the break room coffee is the break room bagels. Yeah, fuck off, Wilden. You can tell Pam is just like, it's like her first day, like, she can't exactly start shit, but like, 
she clearly does not want to talk to William. He says then, well, how does Emily feel about you working here? And she doesn't even look at him. She's just like, how should she feel? Mm-hmm. And he, so well, he, he also, helped. he's got the gun in the holster. Yeah. Like, you going to need that? Like, most of the time you put that in your desk when you're in the office. Right. But right. That, that gun's just like swinging around in the shoulder holster. Yeah, so he he says he hopes it would make Emily feel safer. Uh, he says that when he grew up here, you know, they could have put up a sign: "Welcome to Rosewood, where nothing ever happens." And hands like, or Pam's like, uh, if you're asking if we're considering moving, and it's just like, I wouldn't blame you. There are days when I wish I could leave too, but no matter how far I went, I'd still be taking so many questions with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh, I don't know. Do you want to do the dialogue for this? Uh, sure. He gives her a speech. Um, I'll do Will and you do Pam, or you want to do? Uh, I'll do Pam. Yeah. Okay. So just imagine Will and speech is delivered with like this Clint Eastwood. Like, and he's like squint. He's like sitting on her desk. As he yeah. Does it. Yeah, really violating her space. Mm. And he says, "You know, you may not believe this, but I know exactly what Emily's going through." I- I'm not following you. What happened at that lighthouse? It's not really something a young person can p- process, even when it's self-defense. It uh. It haunts you forever. I can't really get her to talk about it much. Yeah, I didn't either. Talk about it. My second week out of the academy, I had to defend myself. The way they taught me. That doesn't make watching someone die any easier. I was too ashamed to discuss it. In the law's eyes, I was clearly in the right. But having to watch someone leave this world? Even someone who deserves to be punished? So when did you finally decide to start talking about it? Just now. Pam's just like, get away from me, you fucking creep. <laughs> he adds in, also, I'm a creepy, and I'm addicted to vulnerable milfs and young girls. But seriously, mm. stay away from that fucking coffee in the break room. And the bagels, yeah. <laughs> it gives you the shits, Pam. Yeah. So we got to Spencer's kitchen. Another, would you say, another magnificent scene? Yeah, this the hits keep rolling this episode. Spencer in the kitchen island in the center of the the kitchen there. There's like a little microwave toaster oven that you never knew was there. Was well, this the side of the island that you never see because they you never, never see the side of the they island? They never yeah. do shots on the side of it. Yeah, uh-huh. I feel they, like the uh, the set designer guys were like, "Hey, we built you a whole fucking kitchen there." Yeah, <laughs> and so Spencer pulls out a little microwave dinner out of this little toaster oven, takes it over to. It's interesting. This is all in one shot. She takes it over to the counter and then opens a drawer and pulls out a big metal pair of scissors. And there's this weird thing where the shot, first the shot just like lingers on the scissors in Spencer's hands as she's kind of just like holding it there. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to the coffee maker, which is chrome, and we're like looking at Spencer's reflection as something like really dark passes over her face as she's thinking about what to do with those scissors. Well, it's, it's brilliant though because it's not like she's looking at her reflection. You're just seeing her, her, her movements play out on it and mm. they really linger there for a minute. Like you see, you're right. There's something dark, but there's also like this, like weariness, this turmoil. Mm-hmm. It's a nice moment. They hold, which I don't think you would see regularly in TV. And it's like, they're really letting Troy and Belisario do what she does best here. They're giving her a lot of moments in this episode where they, they play out the, the reaction shot or the, the facial expression longer than you normally would. To there's just kind of let it soak in. You know? There's a dark, twisted majesty to to the dark spencer saga and they're really earning it every step mm. of the way yeah there's a knock on the door well it's like and, suddenly spencer has to stop thinking about what she might do with those scissors because knock on the door Arya's there 
And Spencer's just kind of like, here we go. Oh, and it's, it's, it's a very still moment, you know, as Arya's just like, hey. And Spencer's like, hey. Mm-hmm. Arya's like, called you. And Spencer, she gets this weird smile and she's like, sorry, I, I shut my phone off. But she says it in this kind of like, imagine that bemused voice. Yeah, like with a raised eyebrow. Imagine um, that. I shut my phone off. Like, and, like it's like it's shocking to her, even you know. And there's a quick conversation about Ella, and like Ella might have to call Spencer's parents because Spencer's like blow out in class, and Spencer's just like whatever. Like I'm not gonna hold it against your mom. And then she's like, but that's not really why you came. <laughs> and our Ari's just like, no. <laughs> Spencer's like, I know I shouldn't have said anything that fits, so let's just fast forward to the end. Well, she's like, can we please just skip ahead to the end? Can we just fast forward to the part where you scream or you cry or you just do whatever you need to do, okay? And Arya's like taken aback. She's yeah. like, whoa, <laughs> what the fuck? And she, and she says, uh, I'm not here to punish you, Spencer. And, it, you know, and basically like it was all A, I got the text. Uh, and Spencer, it's like Spencer wants the guilt, she says. I think we should stop blaming A for everything that goes wrong in our lives and start blaming ourselves. Like she's in the in the self loathing stage of uh yeah. of her grief here. Yeah. Uh, Ross, yeah. And Arya is just like, are you actually defending our enemy right now? Well Spencer says we need to stop telling lies and in doing so we'll stop giving A a reason to expose those lies. To which mm-hmm. Arya then bounces back with this great line and Lucy Hale, like Lucy Hale gets a moment in the Dark Spencer saga where she's like, mm-hmm. A is not some tough love life coach, Spencer. We're not being taught to mind our manners and eat our vegetable. This person wants to hurt us. Yeah, and this is as Spencer's been kind of stabbing at her TV dinner to open the plastic with those scissors. And Spencer's like, maybe we deserve it. And she says it very gritty, very like John Wayne. Yeah. Yeah, and just full of like disgust and, and self loathing. And, and Arya's just like unbelievable. And thanks for your concern, by the way. I'm doing just fine. And as she leaves, I love this because Spencer then stares daggers at Arya. Daggers. Mm-hmm. Well, Arya walked into the scene thinking she was going to own magnanimously it. own it, and Spencer blew her completely out of the room. Yeah, like Arya was expe- expecting like contrite Spencer. She did not get that. Well, it's like it's like as soon as Arya went outside, she probably leaned up against a wall, took a breath, and was just like, "Holy shit! There's a new queen of the damned in Rosewood." Mm-hmm. Um, so cut to that picture of Allison and Cece Drake, and we hear Cece say, "Wow, this is just crazy." And we see that Emily is like sitting on a park bench with Cece talking about this outside the cupcake shop. Outside the cupcake shop, and Cece Emily is just like. Who do you know? You know, like who's Beach Hottie? Because like CC kind of says that, like, oh yeah, like that. I remember being stuck in the, a car, like miles from shore, and like that's when they were doing the notes back and forth, was in the back of uh, Allie's car. Because their phones were dead. Mm-hmm. And so Emily's just like, who's Beach Hottie? And CC's just like, no idea. Like I just knew him by the nickname. Allie never told me who he was. And so Emily says, so you never met him? And Cece's like, well, I probably did. Honestly, there were so many hotties down there that summer. The way she says it, it's just this, like, she's, like, remembering, like, damn, there were so many hotties down there. Yeah. And she's like, but Allie's being really sketchy about it. I just assumed he was seeing her on the side, had a girlfriend or something. So Emily asks if Jason would know who this person was. And Cece basically says, well, if Jason did, he'd make Beach Hottie pretty sorry. And Emily's like, why? And we cue flashback. Flashback. To, to Annie's Crab Shack. Best legs in town. Best legs in town. There's some there's some there's a rock and crab shack good time happening here. There's it's a lot of the uh, time ever. Like there's ecstasy in those crabs. There's a lot of square tables with bench seating. 
yeah. uh, with the red and white check tablecloth. Yeah. And people are just breaking apart crabs. There's some corn on the cob there. I thought it, they actually did a good job of making uh, Vanessa Ray look at Cece look much younger in the scene. Yeah, it's it, well, there's kind of a she she actually looks like a high school student. <laughs> there's that like flashback glow, you the, know, the, the Instagram filter. filter. Yeah, yeah, the Instagram filter they use. But it's just something like about the way she's like her her hair is. I think they um, I think they use some makeup to like soften the curves in her face. Yeah, because she yeah she looks like more baby faced. So she's there's a she had a whole group of people a table whole group of people and a she bunch throws of townies. back yeah she throws back her beer and she says will somebody call Jason and tell him to leave his weed and meet up with us lol you know fucking Jason and his weed yeah so then she looks over and there's Allison over by a tree looking shady well she's just like kind of leaning out looking looking weird so Cece like spots her and get, gets up to go talk to her yeah um she looks scared she needs to talk to Cece she's she's in trouble she's late. Mm-hmm. and it's like you mean yeah that uh and they were using protection not all the time though yeah and cc's like how late and ali says two weeks and she's apparently never been that late before so yeah. this is Allie's a this tears. is a scare yeah ali's she's she looks very scared and what is she going to do and she's like i can't tell him if he finds out he'll kill me mm. so cut back present so- day Back on the bench, I mean, Emily is, like, processing this, that Allison might have been pregnant. It's hitting her hard. Mm-hmm. And Cece's like, well, I'm no doctor, but Allison thought she was. So, you know, like I said, it was an intense couple weeks. A very intense couple weeks. And so Emily's just kind of like, well, that's really fucking depressing, Cece. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, so back at Arya's house, Arya is, again, perched on her thinking thoughts couch. Um, Picks up the phone, gives Hannah a call. Mm-hmm. This is a, such a weird setup for a Hannah scene. Well, because we haven't seen Hannah in a while in this episode. But I mean, it's so weird that they use Arya. Like, they set up the whole Arya's trapped at home. She's mm-hmm. trapped in her, her prison of thoughts. It's an interesting, like, at first I well, thought she, this is this is bad, like, you know, craftsmanship. And then I thought this is actually brilliant. Well, Arya needs to talk to her other self. But the, the way they advance both of these storylines in one episode, though, I really like that. So, yeah, she reaches her phone. She calls Hannah. Eric's like, hey, what are you doing? And Hannah's just like, right now, following Paige. Yeah, Paige has been working with Caleb to bring down Mona. Hannah's got to uh, get on that shit. Yeah. And then it's like, Hannah has to go. And Ari's like, okay, well, be careful. You know, I'll yeah. just uh, be alone with my thoughts some more then. So, Can't even talk to my Tolpa. Yeah. Cut to the lesbian club. Hannah emerges through this red curtain into ladies' night. Well, she doesn't see it's ladies' night right away because she she walks in. She's got she's lost the blazer, so yeah. she's just in like a tight white kind of jersey tee with the the Eiffel Tower and the little like bow tie on the the front, mm-hmm. uh, looking pretty good with her kind of like bleached hair, you know. And heels, yeah. Uh, and she she does that thing where she gets to the center and she kind of looks around, looks one way, looks the other, sees oh it's ladies' night, oh. You know? she, she, well, the, next to the ladies' night sign are two girls kissing. Oh, and then um, and then she looks the other way, and there's these two chicks who are both just like kind of like leering at her, like checking her out. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, it's oh, okay, I understand. Um, but she's kind of like she kind of looks vaguely satisfied, you know, like hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna be popular here. Yeah. Um, Sally, there's nobody shaking in the balls here. Uh, side note, though, I'm pretty sure you can see Girl Michael from Arrested Development in the crowd there. <laughs> Um, so back at the Hastings home real quick, Spencer's on the stairs. She's lost in what are probably the darkest of thoughts ever. 
She has. Well, she's on her thinking stairs. Yeah. What would you call? What do you What do you think is in that that empty glass on the step above? Her? That is a tumbler with some rocks in it. Those are those are drinking ice cubes right there. This but is a nice. There's touch no by liquid ABC in the family. glass. Yeah. Nice touch by ABC family. The beverage is gone, so therefore they're not showing teen drinking in this particular scene. Mm. Um, but she texts somebody, "Are you willing to meet me tonight?" And the person replies, "Yes." And Spencer's kind of wiping some tears as she responds, "I shouldn't be talking to you. No one can know about it." And the response is, "No one will." Hmm. So then we cut back to ladies' night at the bar. Um, uh, we see Paige is talking to a character who, if you've not watched the Pretty Dirty Secrets webisodes, you don't know who this is. But if you have, this is Shauna, who works at the costume shop. And you'll find out her name on the actual show, you know, relatively soon. But yeah, yeah. so Paige is in the table of Shauna, just eating pretzels and laughing it up like there's some there's some flirting too. going on there, yeah. Yeah, and a waitress who looks like Robin, the singer, comes up to Hannah, taps her on the shoulder, uh, has a drink for her, which is a raspberry flirtini. Yeah, it's in one of those kind of like fruity drink. I don't even know what the name of that kind of glass is, like the tall like uh, glass. It's with, a pink drink. It's got like a, a pineapple and some cherries and a straw. Like it's it's a ridiculous fruity drink. Yeah, straw and like a little umbrella. Yeah, mm-hmm. Hannah's just like I didn't order this, which is like. I know she ordered it for you and she points over and we see this girl, like a huge fro smiling at Hannah. Yeah. Like giving the, uh, like, giving the hey boy. there. Yeah. Yeah. And Hannah's like, oh, okay. And then she turns back around to give the drink back to the bartender, but nope, bartender's gone. And so Hannah's like, okay, I'll just uh, hold this. <laughs> yeah. So cut back to Aria. She's still on the couch. She texts Ezra. Can we talk please? <laughs> Arya's not going to leave that goddamn couch. No. Ezra uh, comes in. Notices no, it. No, no, Byron. Byron, sorry. Byron, yeah. well, Freudian, Freudian. Byron comes in and notices that she's been on that couch for a while. It, oh, yeah, he says, you've been on that couch for a while. And she stares at him again like a cat looks at a mouse. You know? Just like, hmm, that's interesting that you've observed that. And Byron's like, why don't I make you my fancy grilled cheese? And so she finally, like, cracks a real smile. And she's like, yeah, sure. There's a uh, knock on the door. Byron opens it. It's Emily. And I love it, this, the way the frame of the shot. Emily's standing in the doorway, looking over, seeing Aria on the couch. Aria's office hours are open, yeah. So they cut to Aria's porch, where now Emily and Aria are sitting on the porch. On the, on the, the porch swing. swing yeah. Where Emily and Aria are the only ones who ever have conversations. Which is what they did, I think, the last time was in the pilot? It, yeah, they've definitely done the pilot. I don't think they've done it since, but uh, so the front door's open, so I guess Byron could hear all this if he wanted to eavesdrop, but Arya asks, she's apparently just been informed by, by Emily what her meeting of CC was like, she asks if Allison's potential pregnancy could have shown up in an autopsy, and Emily says, not necessarily, it was early on, and Emily has to kind of just like morbidly announce that, I, I looked it up, you know, did some research. Yeah, it was, she was in the ground a year you know, yeah, she's like she's about to start doing the math, and then she stops because it's too gruesome. Yeah. So what should they do now? Arya thinks that if you know some bro and Kate May knocked up Allison and killed her because of it, this well, is says, bigger than the key. If some if some guy and Kate May got Allie pregnant and then threatened to kill her if he found out, then this is bigger than the key, and the police need to know about this. So now yeah. she's flip flopped again. Yeah. Well, Emily's like, I was afraid you were going to say that, but I agree. Mm-hmm. So Emily will take this notebook over to the cops. 
Arya offers to go, but Emily's like, no, my mom's there. It's cool. Arya's kind of like, you know, she's thinking, Oof, I didn't really want to go anyway. I and feel then, weird being yeah. off that couch. And then Arya finally gets a text and frowns at it. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention. So earlier in this episode, yes. Arya had that scene where she called and left a message for Fitz. And then Hannah was like, why don't you just go over there? And she's like, fine, I'll go. Mm. Where did she go? Exactly. Where does she, she go? She disappears for a while. And then shows up later at the cafeteria for lunch. Where did we, you go, Arya? This is obviously way before lunch. And I, I, I don't want to like go on a diatribe about it, but I'm kind of curious though. She has a free period after lunch. Is that her last period? Can she leave school right after lunch? Does she have to be back at school at some point? What time these kids get out of school? But yeah, where the fuck does Arya go? Because she's A. Yeah, this episode is heavy on the Arya as A. But so back at the lesbian club. Hannah is literally standing right behind Shauna and Paige's table. As I mean, like not like a ways, like a foot. <laughs> she's like kind of half turned around so Paige doesn't totally see her. Uh, but, but this is not like this. Like, like she is more than just in Paige's peripheral vision. Yeah, I know. <laughs> she's well, fourteen inches away from Paige's face. Paige, Paige is engrossed with Shauna. Shauna, he says, "I miss you." And if they have the uncut version of this, like this song that's playing. I'm gonna have to kiss you. And Hannah's just like, what? Like, big eyes, you know. But then Paige Paige finally starts to turn in her direction, and so Hannah has to duck down. And I don't know why I'm fascinated with this, but watching Ashley Vinson, like, kind of, she does this, like, she's, like, crouch walking on these, like, ridiculous heels. I don't even know how one does that. Like, that seems like it would hurt so much. I don't know how to explain this. It's not crab walking because crab walking no it's not crab walking your she's, hands and feet on the ground like, she's she just has, crouched down like walking with like her knees she's bent still holding the drink too and, and walking like perfectly you know yeah, <laughs> she yeah. just like scoots her ass on away but and then she rises back up right into the face of the uh the afro chick after and, after praising her her prowess at this blocking this framing mm-hmm. i want to point out again that she is literally right in front of them like Paige yeah. can see her doing this, but doesn't seem to recognize. Oh, that's Hannah. <laughs> I don't. I, this is actually like it's amazing, but at the same time, it's one of those moments where like PLL for the first time ever, I have to call you out on your bullshit. I think you can just say that Paige is clearly not a secret agent, like the liars are. But I mean, Ashley Benson, though, like when PLL ends, if they want to offer her some kind of like pseudo I Love Lucy type show. I'd watch the fuck out of it. Oh, I think Lucy Hale would fight you for that. I think Ashley Benson and like maybe like Karen Gillan and some kind of weird, wacky physical comedy girls in the city show. I'd watch the shit out of that. Um, yeah. So she pops up on the dance floor, of course, pops up right in front of the girl who ordered the drink for her. And mm-hmm. Hannah's just like, hiya. Hope you don't mind. I just really love this song. Yeah. And they do this thing where they're, she's dancing with her, but really she's just, trying to move her head to look behind her to watch Paige. She's just like shuffling like like turning and so like the girls like turning with her as if they're still dancing. So then they look over and there's another chick like a I don't know who do you want to call this chick? Uh, a girl's like Lang? a short sh- no, no no that's not a Katie Lang. It's a it's like a pixie faux hawk. Um she walks up and she's like who is this peroxide piece of trash? And Hannah says, "Hey, watch it." And the other chick just throws her drink on Hannah. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> poor Hannah. And then from behind, we see some 
gruff-looking trucker mom in flannel shows up. I guess she's the bouncer. And she mm-hmm. asks for Hannah's ID. And Hannah's just like, her face is just kind of like, well, the jig is up. And she hands over ID. Yeah, she's like, kind of rolls her eyes as she pulls her ID out of her back pocket. So, because of the police station where Emily is sitting at Pam's desk talking to her, Pam is holding the biology notebook and asking, why would the police want to see this? And Emily says, uh, I don't know. Allie wrote in it. Maybe there's something in there that'll help them figure out who'd want to hurt her. And it's like Emily can't really explain the whole beach hottie pregnancy situation. Right. It's just poor planning by Emily. Like, what did you really think handing this over is going to do if you can't fill in the necessary details? Yeah, so Pam gets up to figure out who to give this to. And I kind of thought, like, at the same time, she's like, you know what, while I'm up, I don't even know how to clock in or out. <laughs> um, so we get a nice shot of Rosewood at night. Um, I, we've seen this shot a few times over the course of the show. The one that always sticks out with me is when Toby and Spencer did their like like lookout hill yeah, yeah. scene and you saw this exact same shot of Rosewood at night. Mm-hmm. So then we cut to what is I think one of these This sterling, is the Emmy reel. Yeah. This is the golden moment in the Dark Spencer saga. Yeah, it's we're looking at Spencer's eyes through her rearview mirror in the car as she's she's wiping them uh, you know, wiping the tears away and the the kind of botched mascara. And then like this seems fascinating to me because there, there's a song playing through the whole thing. Uh, what was the song? I think it's Alibi is the name of the song. Something like that. Yeah, Alibi by the Strange Familiar. Uh, and Spencer, she's she's pulled it together enough. She pulls out her mascara and puts the mascara on, which I I've always just kind of find it fascinating to watch girls put makeup on because it's not something I ever do. You know, mm. uh, it's just weird to see how the how how it works there. Uh, she puts the mascara on. You know, top and bottom. And then she just starts crying again. And yeah. like the mascara, you know, drips and, and she's breaking down again. And then she pulls it together, wipes her eyes again, pulls her hair back, pulls her. And then she starts crying again. Like this scene, like you would never get this in the normal TV show. Like they never, usually it's like cry, put yourself together and go. But like instead, it's like Spencer, she's trying to, to pull it together and then just like falling apart all over again. I mean, you can literally see a moment where she like summons up that Hastings strength and then mm-hmm. the resolve fails. Like, and, and then loses it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then she feels the sadness and then she swallows it. And then, you know, she basically lets the rest of what makes her human retreat into the darkness to die mm-hmm. forever. Then she, she, yeah, she puts on her lip stain. She like looks over. I, I love the way PLO handles. I've noticed this a lot more in this like latter half, like 3B. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff where they don't have the budget to do like a full like like exterior shot. shot. Yeah, so yeah. she just kind of like looks over at something, and her body language tells you, okay, she's at wherever she's at. She's going in now. I like that even the way she puts on her lipstick. She uses like a, I don't know, it's like a lipstick pencil or something, and just like kind of gets the middle of her lips, and then like rubs it around on the rest of her lips with a finger. I was told like, the other day that it's lip stain. I don't lip know. Lip stain. That's okay. Yeah. But yeah, it's, this whole makeup scene, I, to me, this is the Emmy reel. Like, this is, like, I would say worthy of at least an Emmy nomination for this episode. This this is, but like, like that thing where she broke down outside Toby's place in the previous episode, I could have easily watched like, another three minutes of this. Well, yeah. I just feel like it's a scene you never get. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and they just, they, they hold it for longer than you would ever get a scene like this to go for. When as she's finally, like, gotten herself clean enough to get out of the car to i mean she still looks like hell but at least she's not like actively like leaking fluid you know she's operatable yeah like none of the other girls get these moments though and 
maybe it's just because their storylines never summon up like like this power but mm-hmm. uh, yeah so that's a police station emily sees hannah come in and so she runs over to her like hey what are you doing here emily can smell the booze all over <laughs> hannah <laughs> yeah and uh what did she say like is that tequila or something yeah and, and i was like no it's actually gin but then she does this weird thing where it's like she looks back at the cop he's like glaring at her and she's like a little got in my mouth and somebody threw it on me yeah yeah and the cop just kind of like goes back to what he's doing, like mm, teenagers, you know. So Hannah says that she got busted for underage drinking, what she wasn't even doing. But unfortunately, I'm just holding this doesn't work on Betty the Bouncer. Yeah, and this then exchange. Wilden this, walks in. Well, this exchange real quick. Like Emily's like, "You were at a club," and Hannah's like, "Well, more of a bar." And Emily's like, "What bar?" Hannah's like, "Well, more of a club." You would yeah. Have she doesn't want to get into a conversation about that because the whole page thing. Uh, and then Wilden walks out and says, oh, your mom said you had something you wanted to turn in. And so Emily's like, kind of like, oh, yeah, here's th- this notebook. And as she's as Wilden's picking up the notebook and standing like one foot away. Not from, even that. From Emily and Hannah. Uh, Hannah's just like, what are you doing? And, you know, like, and Emily's just like, the cops need to see that. Unfortunately, he's one of them. And it's like, Wilden can totally hear you. Yeah. Well, I wanted him to be like, hey, I heard that. And that hurts. That really hurts. Um, I just want to say real quick, Shay Mitchell, I think, gets the least to do, like, acting-wise of the of the four girls. But, like, mm-hmm. her face reaches almost aria proportions whenever she gets to act opposite Ashley Benson, whatever Hannah's doing. Because yeah. her se- her face in that scene with, with Hannah is so wonderful, especially as Hannah's, like, talking about that, you know, Ashley's going to kill her. Like, Emily's obviously drank before. I mean, mm-hmm. we saw that the first half of the season, yeah. but it's like, it's like, it's not part of her DNA the way mm-hmm. it is Hannah's. And so it's like, it's still mystifying to her just to watch Hannah. Like, like it's like, she doesn't know how to compute Hannah's lies on top of it, <laughs> but she knows that there's something that does not compute there. And she's just like staring at Hannah, like this magician bungling her way through a trick. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyway, well, I have to say, I mean, Shay Mitchell, she, she's usually the one who's like oh she's not the the greatest actor because she's like a model but if you've ever actually seen her like in an interview she's totally different so she she's definitely doing something to become emily because she's not at all like emily the character in real life and i've i've learned through my extensive youtube research that she has the best mirror face Mm -hmm. and the other girls like to make fun of her for it um so yeah emily again like her face like it's like something like she sacrificed something deep within herself to give this evidence over to to Wilden, who appreciates it, you know, coming mm-hmm. down. It's like, it's like once she's realized, like, oh, God, I wish I hadn't done that. Or I had to do that. Mm-hmm. He stops and looks back at her. And he's like, oh, and Emily, you did the right thing. Yeah, I'll return this to you as soon as I can. Yeah. And Hannah's like, what are you thinking? And Emily's like, we can end this. You know, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, so Emily goes to get a cup of coffee. She stops at, like, a, a bulletin board or whatever. Yeah, it's like cops, like, recreational bulletin board. Where there's this picture of uh, three dudes holding up a giant fish in front of another one of those fucking Kate May lifesavers. And mm-hmm. the dude in the middle is, of course, Wilden. His... So w- Wilden has gone to Kate May too. Hmm. Could he be beach hottie? He's also wearing... Well, he's wearing board shorts in this picture. His two bros surrounding him, flanking him, are police academy bros because they're wearing police academy shirts. Mm-hmm. They're holding a giant fucking fish. This that, fish that is, is seriously, big, fish. seriously yeah. bigger than Arya. Um, and again, I thank God there's a, these Kate May branded life preservers. But I just want to say, is there like a playful joke here about big fish stories? 
Could be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the two girls see this picture, and they're just like, well, fuck. Immediately, they're like, yeah, we just gave that notebook to the wrong person. And then we get to... <laughs> we get probably another... gave it to Beach Hottie. Yeah. Then we get to another amazing fucking scene. Yeah. Spencer is now in a sleeveless, uh, kind of high-necked red dress. Mm-hmm. She... This, her lips match her, her dress. Yeah. She looks fierce. Yeah, she sits down at a booth across from some sketchy-looking bro. We, that we we've been led to believe is Toby from that earlier text she was sending. Or somebody yeah. mysterious. Yeah. Um. So we decided this guy, he basically looks like it's Diego not Warren's Toby. stand-in. Yeah. Well, no, this guy looks like you crossed, uh, was it Mad Mickelson? Is that how you pronounce his okay, name? Okay, Mad Mickelson of like Viggo Mortensen? No, with um Fickner. Oh, I, I get kind of a Viggo Mortensen look. There's a Viggo, there's a Viggo there, too. It's like if maybe if you took those three and like splice their DNA and then made them like a basic cable version. This um, bro is interesting. He's not like a teenage bro. He's obviously I mean, look. I'm talking about. Yeah, this. he's like like forty at least. Listen, what know? we're describing here. Just just imagine the lines on this guy's face. Yeah, like Spencer's like so many brilliant like tropes they get to deal with here. She's like, I didn't think you'd show, and he's like, Well, why wouldn't I? And he's like, So you're eighteen, right? And she says, how, so how does this work? And the whole time you're thinking, like, what the fuck is going on? Well, and <laughs> I love this is you don't really know this. Spencer, she could very well be 18. Mm-hmm. She may be lying to him, and it's perfect. His name, we're going to find out later, I think, is Miles. Mm-hmm. Um, he, She wants to know how this works. And he reaches for something, and she almost flinches. And what he's actually reaching for is the milk that he puts into his tea. Because mm-hmm. he's a bro who drinks tea. And he says, well, this worked whichever way you want it to work. You called me. Yeah. I'm sensing some hesitation here. So she reaches in and she pulls out the A key and slides it across the table to him. And she's like, I want you to find out what it goes to. And then she pulls out a picture. It's a picture of herself, like a printout, or a printed picture of herself and Toby looking all happy and goofy and schmoopy. Better times, yeah. Yeah. And she's like, if you follow him, like he'll lead you to like where this key goes. He's about to put the photo into his jacket, and she stops him. She takes the photo back, rips it in half, splitting herself from Toby effectively, hands him the Toby the, shard. Yeah, and he he has this great, very smuggle, like kind of like smirk. He's just like, yeah. <laughs> all right. He's just like, young love. Yeah, he says, I'll be in touch. He leaves. Yeah, he's just like, I'll be in touch. Spencer just sits there for a moment after he's gone, and then she holds up the part of the photo that has just her on it. And rips it to shreds. Yeah, rips into a million pieces. It's like she's finalizing the process of like obliterating herself. Mm-hmm. But there's almost yeah. Like Spencer she, hates herself right now. But as she's doing it, like there's almost this like sigh of relief when she's done. Mm-hmm. Like she's she has to destroy the old Spencer who could be fooled. But know? it's like it's like she feels like maybe she's gotten over the hump of doing the hard part of dismantling herself. Yeah, she may think that. But yeah. I, I just. Uh, the betrayal is so great because it's Spencer, because she's the smart one. She's supposed to be the one that like sniffs stuff out, and she's been completely had by Toby. You know. Well, and again, so this is not much of a spoiler, but we're like four episodes into the second half of this season. We're two. Eh, two no, epi- don't don't give anything away. I'm just saying. Don't give Spencer anything saga away. Goes for a while. Um, the Marin House. We cut to where Ash and Hannah have come home from the police station. Yeah, Hannah wants a shower, but Ashley's just like, no, we're going to get some answers first. Yeah. Why are you in that bar? And was this about exploring the, like a new feeling? And Hannah's like, no, I wasn't looking for romance. I was looking for Caleb. 
And Ashley's like, why would what would Caleb be doing in a lesbian bar? <laughs> Which I love. I think it's the, I mean, this joke's been made more than one place, but on the Pretty Little Liars uh, annotations, mm-hmm. they had the uh, the joke where Hannah's just like, um, have you seen Caleb lately? <laughs> uh, yeah, and Hannah's like, I didn't know it was ladies' night till I got there. And she's following Paige because she thought that Paige was going to meet Caleb there to plot against Mona. Mm-hmm. And she's just going to stop them from doing anything stupid. And she's like, and that entailed ordering a cocktail and starting a bar fight? And Hannah says, I did not order a cocktail. I only danced with the girl who thought I was into pink drinks because I didn't want Paige to see me. And Ashley says, what's pink drink? Is that code for something gay? And Hannah's like, no, it's just a pink drink. So Ashley can sense that Hannah's lying to her again. No, no, no. I think I think what's funny is that Ashley knows she's telling the truth because Ashley has mom powers. Well, she says she says that we're back in that place again. Well, I think because Ashley realizes that Hannah's technically telling her the truth, mm-hmm. but like, what the hell is going on? You know, like something just doesn't add up here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, or I feel like we're getting back to that place where you're like, you're not telling me everything, and Hannah's like, I'm not hiding anything from you. I was just making sure Caleb didn't get into trouble. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Ashley's like, yeah, and you found your own trouble instead. Yeah, and she's worried that that you know Paige is you know not a one kind of girl, one girl kind of girl, and she's worried about Emily. And so Ashley's like, "Well, can I make a suggestion? Stay out of it." <laughs> yeah, well, because Hannah was like, you know, wasn't intending to get in trouble, and, and if it keeps Emily from being messed with, maybe it's worth it. But yeah, I love Ashley. She's just like, "Can I make a suggestion? Stay out of it." And use a hot oil treatment on your hair. Uh, two Twitter notes. Uh, mm-hmm. Apparently, very recently, was Laura Layton's birthday. I discovered oh. that through Twitter. Also, I guess last night, late last night, early this morning, uh, as we were recording this, I, Marlene King, had like asked a few questions of her fans on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And one of them was to, which was the best Rosewood parents, parents mm-hmm. in Rosewood. And a lot of people came back with like the fields or blah, blah, blah. You mm-hmm. know, I came back with, uh, if I had to pick a Rosewood mom, it'd be Ashley. I had to pick a Rosewood dad. It would be a bottle of wine for o- Ashley. It wouldn't be Peter Hastings. <laughs> OTP, Ashley bottle of wine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So outside Ezra's building, Ezra is leaving of his overnight bags when Arya walks up. Yeah, they're supposed to meet. And Ezra's like, oh, yeah, sorry, I just loaded my car here. And Arya's just like, I can explain. And he's like, no, you don't need to. I called Maggie, you know, got the information. Maggie knows it was unfair position to put Arya in. And Arya's like, are we okay? And Ezra's like, sure. And she's like, well, are you okay? And he's like, I don't know how to Well, it's just a, don't underplay a big moment here. Arya's asking about somebody other than herself. Yeah, this is, well, this is a huge Arya moment in this scene. To ask, are are you okay? And Ezra's like, I don't even know how to begin to answer that question. And Arya's like, I understand. And he's like, good, because I don't. (laughs) I'm about to meet my son. Uh, He's got a million thoughts flying through his head. And Harry's like, wait a minute, you're leaving? Like, and like, you know, how long? And he's like, I don't know, can't say. He's going to crash with a college buddy who lives in the area. And Harry's like, can I call you? And this is, oh my God, fucking Ezra. He gets this shot where he's in the foreground, like facing away from Arya. And he starts fucking crying. Like, Not just crying. He covers his mouth to cry. Mm-hmm. Arya could not be more attracted to Ezra than that he, moment. He right looks there. like a real puss. Yeah, He's pooping out a few tears. It's how the, she likes him. The Ezra Arya, the Ezra piano like love theme is playing over this scene, mm-hmm. and so um, he like just like he, he turns around and he's like, "We'll talk soon." And he like 
Okay, and he kisses her on the forehead, and then immediately gets in his car and like dries off. So Arya, nice close up. Arya has to watch as a dry off, the uh, drive off. The camera then kind of pulls up above her, looking down yeah, upon like her. Crane shot. As Arya is looking now, just very small and young, tinier, you know? and like especially like highlighted over like the cracked and broken pavement of the road around her. Um, mm-hmm. Very just, interesting shot, just like her morals. And then we get the A tag. Uh, a has apparently had like, like commissioned like four bobblehead dolls of the liars. Amazing. Yeah, they don't and, look bad. They look good. Well, I, I shouldn't say A. I should say this is A layer. But uh, this person here is in a red coat. This is well, this is the infamous red coat. Not only is it a red coat, it's presumably a Caucasian woman with uh, red nails. Could be a, a man with diminutive hands. I don't and know. Red, and red fingers. Red red nails. Yeah, and this. This uh, person kind of bops a little Hannah bobblehead and then picks up a blowtorch and takes a blowtorch to Hannah's bobblehead. Which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, you used to watch that thing just, like, scorch. And I think, like, if the camera lingered for, like, ten seconds longer, you would have watched Hannah's head melt. Mm -hmm. So, uh, A's not happy with Hannah. Redcoat isn't. No. That Uh, is the episode. This is a great episode. It's written by Maya Goldsmith, directed by Michael Grossman. Mm-hmm. Mike Goldsmith's one of the regular writers. Yeah, another um, fantastic job. The wiki has a bunch of stupid trivia. Most of it is dumb. The the one interesting thing, one of the A notes that Ali showed Toby says mm-hmm. the blonde leading the blind A, which is a title from the season two episode. The blonde leading the blind. This um, there's some pretty like circumstantial notes here. Mm-hmm. Um, in Eye of the Beholder, Spencer says something similar: out of the frying pan into the volcano. Mm-hmm. No, the, the, the lamest trivia note is that this is the second longest Pretty Little Liars episode title. Like, who cares? Mm. Yeah. But, yeah, the interesting thing about this episode, though, is that the liars still don't know about the Toby thing. Spencer is keeping that to herself. I just imagine Toby and the do-rag taking all these bullshit, like, uh, trivia notes and just throwing them back in your face. Mm-hmm. Indeed. I didn't write these. <laughs> Was it like Oz? <laughs> so the speaking of which, the next episode is called Dead to Me. Mm, dead to Me. That's going to be a fun one. Uh, but yeah, that d- about does it for S3E17. Any last thoughts? No, I'm just so excited. Keep going with this this season. This is, we're definitely in the uh, the Troyan power hour right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I think they, they realize at some point that she can nail these kind of big emotional pathos scenes and so they give them to her yeah and we will be back for more of that next time with dead to me see you then bye bye <laughs>